for the righteousness of God to arise in this land, then we need the waters of God to arise in this land, right? And it needs to be the right kind of waters that are rising in this land. If the wrong waters rise in this land, then people drown. But if the right kind of waters rise in this land, then the glory of God will cover Malaysia as the waters, what? Clothe the sea. Amen. Today we are on our penultimate end times Ezekiel sermon and we are looking at rising waters, right? We're looking at rising waters. This is the scene uh, um, where Ezekiel and the bronze angel, right? The bronze colored angel, they they go in back to the temple. They are looking at and then they see water pouring out. So let's read the text. Let's read the text and um, uh, let's see where this goes, right? All right. Um, Verse 1, I encourage you to, 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 to follow on the screen. Um, uh, if you've got your physical Bible, you can look at it. I like sometimes looking at two translations so that I immediately get more context. So if that's kind of your thing, go for it. I think it's great. Okay, nonetheless, I'm going to read Ezekiel 47, verse 1. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple. And behold, water was issuing from below the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the temple faced east, right? So the water is moving toward the east, okay? The water was flowing down below the south end of the threshold of the temple, south of the altar. Now, don't be confused. It sounds here like the water is going out the south side. It's not. The water is coming, there is, it's blocked by a temple. So it's going around the south side, okay? It, it, has, it, it has to avoid... The, 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 the kind of thing. So it is avoid the altar. So it avoids it via the south side. Okay. And then it continues moving straight. Okay. Then he brought me out by way of the north gate, the opposite side. Right. Um, and so they go one round outside. Okay. Let me around the outside to the outer gate that faces toward the east. And behold, the water was trickling out on the south side. Right. Through the south side coming out. Okay. I'll show you in the picture later. Going on eastward. Right, with a measuring line in his hand. The man measured a thousand cubits and then led me through the water and it was ankle deep. Again, he measured a thousand. So, that, so, so, so this, this angel is measuring how far they have gone out. And they, they measured a thousand, a, a, a thousand cubits and they were ankle deep in water. So it's like standing at the beach, you can swish it with your feet, you know. How many of you guys missed going to the beach? I miss going to the beach, right? I know some of you said the beautiful beaches of Malaysia. Gosh, I miss swishing my feet against the water and the uh, uh, on on the edge of the of the waters at the beach, right? Now Ezekiel's kind of like doing that right now, right? They measure a thousand cubits ankle deep. Again, he measured another thousand, so another thousand cubits. So they've gone equal distance deeper into the waters, and now it was knee deep. How many of you guys like going to the beach, going all the way until you are knee deep? Raise your hand. Do you all like going until you are knee deep? Or like some of you are like, eh, no, no, that's too, that's too much. I, I, I can roll my pants up until it's knee deep, you know. Um, so by then, very literally, I'm committed to the water already, right? <laughs> I, love, I, I, I love going until I'm knee deep. Again, he measured a thousand. So by now, they are 3,000 cubits away from the starting point, right? Another thousand, and it was waist deep. How many of you are waist deep people? 
if you're a waist deep person, you go to the beach, you like to go all the way, or you go to a pool, right? You don't just like sitting at the kids' pool area. You go until you're waist deep, waist deep people, okay? And again, he measured a thousand, four thousand cubits from the starting point. Now, it's not even X deep anymore. It was a river that I could not pass through, for the water had risen. It was deep enough to swim in. A river that could not be passed through. Essentially, it's like, I don't know, right? <laughs> boom, right? <laughs> Just boom, right? And he said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Right? It's such a cryptic line. I'm st- I, I thank God I'm not just preaching that line because I haven't figured out why he says, Son of man, have you seen this, right? Um, then he said, Then he led me back to the bank of the river, all the way back, 4,000 cubits distance, all the way back to the bank. As I went back, I saw on the bank of the river many, very many trees on the one side and on the other. Right? And he said to me, this water flows, flows toward the eastern region. Right? So if you were confused about whether it's coming out north or east or south, right? this flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the Arabah. Okay? The Arabah is the Dead Sea Basin. Okay? The Dead Sea Basin. Um, and enters the sea. Right? When the waters flow into the sea, it will become fresh. You know, the Dead Sea is like super high salinity, it's super salty. You jump in there, people go there for tourism because they go in there and then they will just float, right? You don't need to put in any effort, you will just float, right? That's how salty the waters of the Dead Sea are. But as this water goes into uh, the sea, it will become fresh. And wherever the river goes, every living creature that swarms will live. Wherever the river goes, there will be very many fish for this water goes there that what for this water goes there that the waters of the sea may become fresh so that everything will live where the river goes wow wow this is some river some people call it the river of life right let's keep moving okay fishermen will stand beside the sea so now the people come involved, right? As the river becomes rehabilitated or as the river brings life and life starts to flourish and uh, all over the place, people start to, uh, uh, um, start to gather and become part of, uh, of what's going on. By the way, guys, just want to check with you. Am I too loud? Am I too loud? Or is it okay? Yeah, because I forgot to change my, my microphone setting. So, okay, never mind. Let's go on, right? From Engedai to En Iglaim, it will be a place for the spreading of nets. So, everyone will go there, spread nets, catch fish, right? Its fish will be of very many kinds, like the fish of the Great Sea. But its swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They are left they are to be left for salt. And on the banks, on both sides of the river, there will grow all kinds of trees of food. So you get all kinds of variety, diversity of fish, diversity of, of plants. Their leaves will not wither, for their fruit, nor their fruit fail. But they will bear fresh fruit every month because the water for them flows from where? The source, you trace back X cubits back all the way, the water source flows from the sanctuary. It comes out from 
the altar from, from the bottom of the temple the water issues out right from the temple comes forth a spring and the spring waters and nourishes the entire land their fruit will be for food their leaves will be for healing all right wow what a beautiful picture what a beautiful picture now let me show you let me show you um the temple of ezekiel's temple right remember i showed you this two weeks ago okay you have ezekiel now he goes out through you see the yellow arrow right he goes out through the northern gates okay around the outside to the eastern gate right meanwhile the water is trickling out from the temple okay and the elat the altar on the south side okay okay and then it comes back to the eastern gate it doesn't pass through the eastern gate the eastern gate only god can come in only god can go out or well, at least that's the metaphor that's the picture that we see and we saw that the only one that was not the presence of god himself coming through it was the prince sitting at the gate we saw that last week so so we see a picture of an access point that is reserved for the lord right and then this water trickles on the south side of the eastern gate so elat the eastern gate by going through the south side it flows out and then four thousand cubits later you can't walk anymore you know and then this river nourishes everything now as it goes it's going eastward okay and now we're going to see zoom out a bit okay it looks a bit like this the water goes eastward okay until it reaches the jordan river okay jordan river flows from the highlands in the north all the way south it has it has its tributaries but but the main jordan river flows all the way down and then eventually it dumps all that water into the dead sea okay so all the water ends up in the dead sea and it's kind of like a lake it's almost like a lake it's it's a closed kind of body of water okay so the idea is that the water from this sanctuary from this temple will pour out from the temple join the rest of the waters that are on their way down from the highlands in the north to the dead sea and then this fresh water will go into the dead sea and make the waters of the dead sea fresh okay now i want to show you what the topographical thing looks like now okay if you take a next click, you will see that actually Jerusalem is where the red dot above Bethlehem, right? You see Bethlehem above that Jerusalem, there's a red dot where my white arrow lands, right? That is Jerusalem, okay? You see the tributary coming from the north, the Jordan River coming from the north, and then the whole blue part is the Dead Sea. The idea is that the waters flow from the temple eastward until it dumps itself into the jordan river joins it and then it goes into the sea that's the idea right now historically 2021 there is no such body of water okay in in the middle east okay there is no river like this in the middle east in fact if you're reading this with a literal kind of kind of expression then there is no temple there is no ezekiel's temple and because there's no ezekiel's temple there's no water coming out from the literal ezekiel's temple in order to go into the literal jordan in order to go into the dead sea so on a literal level all these things are unfulfilled okay there are some christians who are watching 
They are watching and they are waiting for things to happen, right? And a lot of people are saying, let's wait because maybe this temple will be built one day. And the idea is that when the temple is built one day, all these things will take place and then the whole land will become nourished, right? Now, I want to show you what the land looks like right now, okay? The Arabah or the Dead Sea Basin is dry. It's the, the, the ground is, is not hospitable for the growing of crops, okay? It's generally dry, rocky, salty, and it just... And you, you always enjoy, last year we studied Abraham, right? Okay, and remember when God struck Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember that, okay? He struck Sodom and Gomorrah with brimstone and sulfur and all that, right? And laid that whole land to waste. Now... There are people now, Sodom is placed right at the bottom, like if you see the Dead Sea, okay, the bottom of the Dead Sea, okay, below that, okay, was known to be the area, right, one of the areas, if you go back to the slides I showed you last year, right, Sodom is around there. So, one idea, one idea is that this whole area is like this because of God's judgment over Sodom and Gomorrah, okay, now, we can't, today, we can do science, we know what the land looks like, we don't know why it's like that, right? So that one's up for grabs, right? You can, you can hold whatever view, you can go ahead and go and research it. I, I encourage you to go read up on it and form a conviction over it if you want to, right? But the land does look like this right now. That's the coast, the second one. So even the coast is fully salty, you can't do anything. Now, here's the thing. The Dead Sea itself has been going through changes, okay? So there's just so much going on with the Dead Sea. I tried to read up on it to understand what's going on with it. Um, but you know what? There's just too many different voices. Some I saw one headline that says, the Dead Sea is coming back alive. You know, there's life coming back to the Dead Sea. And, uh, and then I read another one saying that the Dead Sea is dying. I was like, huh? Huh? You know? And so, well, if, 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 you, if you've got time, go ahead and go and read, right? But people who say that it's coming alive is saying that there's fresh water coming in, right? There is more fresh water coming in. I can't understand why because there are, there are lots of different players. There's Jordan, there's Israel, and there, there are Palestinian people you know, everybody's using the water from the Jordan River and so the salinity is going down there, there, there are all these chemical companies are pumping out water in order to take uh, um, um, things for potash and then they're dumping uh, water back in and as a result, there are all these sinkholes Okay, <laughs> all these sinkholes uh, um, caused by the desalination, desalination okay, nization, of the underwater rock foundation so how it works is you would think that salt water and fresh water would mix, right? You would think that, right? Like, you know, you got, like, you bancho ai and then you put, put together, it should mix lah. Now, the salinity of the Dead Sea is so pekat that they don't actually mix immediately. In fact, generally speaking, they don't mix much. And because salty water is more dense, it drops to the bottom, right? And then your fresh water occupies the top. You'll notice if you colour the water and you pour it in, it just kind of like occupies the top and then there's a little bit of mixture in between, okay? So that's how it works. Now, what's happening is that the Dead Sea's water levels have been dropping. So as the water levels drop, because they're pumping, there's a lot of use, like the population around there is balloon. So as the population balloons, more people suck water for use, the water levels drop. It means that fresh water levels touch the lower parts of the rock. Does that make sense? 
right? Fresh water drops lower because salt water also drops lower. And because the fresh water drops, the fresh water is eroding the rock, the salt rock parts. And then eroding it because it, it, it will chayekan the salt, ma, right? Okay, so the saucy la, I learned science in BM, right? So now my expressions are BM. Ma. It will dissolve the rock, the salt rocks because it's fresh. And as a result, the salt rock foundation that's holding up the whole basin, okay, is becoming weaker and weaker because it's coming into contact with more and more fresh water. Are you guys catching? Are you guys following? Okay, now this is not a geography class, but we do have to touch a bit of the geography because I believe that the Lord is giving us a picture to be able to understand what He is doing, okay? And as a result, by the way, all, this, all, all these sinkholes, because the bottom is weakened, so the sinkhole happens, boom, like the, literally the, the, the ground, because it's soft already, ma, right? When it's soft, the ground collapses. It collapses and creates these deep sinkholes. It looks really beautiful um, uh, if the sinkhole is like green and the water looks like that and it's like, wow, so photogenic. But it's not so funny when it's hap the sinkholes are popping up on your roads, you know, um, um, in your kilang-kilang punya car park or like you can see that in the picture, right? So, so it's actually very concerning. And actually, if you go and look at the news reports, between 2020, to 2021 over the last one year super a lot of sinkholes have been showing up okay so something's happening to that land like the physical land the terrain okay now is this why god gave us ezekiel 47 is this why god gave us ezekiel 47 to spot changes in the middle eastern geography now i think it's interesting to spot changes in the Middle Eastern geography. And I know some of you are very interested, or some of you may know people who are constantly watching, you're watching the life, the, 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 the flora, the fauna around it, you're, you are coming back with reports saying that, hey, you know what, um, it's really produced, it's becoming like really good, like the Dead Sea is starting to come alive, and, and I think it's really interesting, right? And uh, just, just going and re researching for today's sermon itself made me think, hey, maybe after this sermon, I want to go back in and read more about it. But is this how to read Ezekiel 47? Or does Ezekiel 47 have another layer for us to understand for personal application for us today as the church? So if not, then for what, right? Now, a few things before we go to the next slide we have established. Number one, we are the church. Jesus said the church is the temple of the Holy Spirit, right? So the church is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So out of us, Okay, in us is the power of the Holy Spirit. We are the intersection of heaven on earth. We are the intersection. You still need temples and you go layer by layer until you get to the holiest place of all, the most holy place. And that is God's address on earth, right? That's his intersecting place where God is present. His Shekinah is there, right? Is there. Now, no longer. The Spirit of God has been poured upon us. We are Pentecost people, right? So the Spirit of God is in you. Everywhere you go, you are the temple of, of, of the Holy Spirit. So we know this. This is, from, this is from the New Testament, right? Now, I want to show you something that Jesus himself says. Now, let's look at John chapter 7. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. 
Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. In, in other words, he had not died and been resurrected. The Spirit had not yet been given. But there will, out of the heart of the believer, flow springs, a river of living water. So interesting, right? Don't you think this sounds a bit like the Ezekiel temple? After all, are we not the temple? Yes, we are the temple. We know this. Irrefutably, it's in the New Testament. The Christian is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, and then he says, out of our hearts, out of that most center place, the, out of the most holy place, right? Out of the seat of our emotions and our affections and everything will flow rivers of living water. It will go out. And what is this? This is the Spirit. And it says here, specifically says here, because he has not died and been resurrected, he has not yet been glorified at this point. At press time, the Spirit had not yet been given. But it will be, and we saw, after Jesus was glorified in resurrection, then we saw Pentecost happen. So the flow, church, is like this. Jesus promises, out of your hearts will come a river of living water. This is the Spirit. The Spirit flows out from your heart like a river, but not yet. He goes to the cross, He dies, He is resurrected on the third day. X days later, Pentecost happens. After, at Pentecost, Holy Spirit fills the Christians, okay? And now, they are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and wherever they go from now on, a river flows out of the Christian, and this is the powerful work of the Holy Spirit. And this powerful work of the Holy Spirit goes everywhere to bring about the regeneration of the world. Regeneration of people, regeneration of ecology, regeneration of all the things around us. Not everyone and everything. And that is the abstract of today's sermon. So, two points that I want to show you from Ezekiel 37. Number one. Church, let us go deeper into immersion into a spiritual reality. Okay? I believe Ezekiel 37 is inviting us deeper into immersion. Okay? Deeper into immersion. I'm not talking about baptism. Okay? I'm talking about deeper into being immersed in a spiritual reality. And number two, bring life to everything and everyone around us. Let's get into the text for the first point, okay? Now, it says here that, remember, he went into the water thousand cubits ankle deep, another thousand cubits knee deep, then waist deep, and then too deep, right? Too deep. Literally can't walk anymore. You've got to swim. You want to move forward, you have to swim. This is a picture of the angel of the Lord bringing Ezekiel into deeper and a deeper immersive experience of the waters of God. Does that make sense? He's bringing you into a deeper experience 
and a deeper immersion into the waters of God. And these are the waters that will heal. These are the waters that later you see brings life everywhere you go. But Ezekiel himself needs to go into that journey first. Remember hearing Pastor Ramesh say that Ezekiel's whole life was an embodiment of the word. That Ezekiel never went out, okay, to preach something or to prophesy something that he did not have to go through first himself. And so as Ezekiel is reaching the end of this and the church one day is going to be the proclaimer of this gospel of life, Ezekiel goes through the waters literally, okay, um, of course it's a vision, okay, um, and he goes and experiences it first. He gets immersed until he's totally in two deep waters, you know, and he knows that any further he's fully submerged. Right, And I do want to encourage you to see this. The Lord is asking every single one of us to go to the next level. Church, where are you in your walk with Jesus? Go to the next level. Where are you in your immersion in the spiritual reality that God has? Go to the next level. Be more spiritual. Spiritual, go deeper into the Spirit. Engage the Holy Spirit more in what you are doing. Some of you are ankle deep. It's okay. Go knee deep. Some of you are knee deep. It's okay. Go waist deep. Some of you are waist deep. Go until you cannot go, right? Push the limits of what it means to be a spiritual being created by God with the power to contain the Holy Spirit. You are a temple. It's no point if the temple has no spirit. Okay, church? But now, I want to show you, right? Because what does it mean to be more spiritual? If I were to ask you, church, go and be more spiritual, what would you end up doing? And would some of you go and become so spiritual that, that you, later people say, ah, Tila, you're over-spiritual. You're hyper-spiritual. You're super-spiritual people, right? Feet always off the ground, right? So what does it mean to be more spiritual? I want to show you a, a, a word from Ephesians chapter 6, which I feel that the Lord has been leading me into this word over and over again throughout these 40 days, right? Ephesians 6, put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armour of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. I want you to just see this picture of an armour and stand Firm, right? You must be able to stand firm when you wear the whole armor of God. Now, the whole armor of God does not mean you only become spiritual. The whole armor of God means that, that Paul is telling the Ephesian church, it seems like your armor for earthly battles is well worn. You wear it well. Your armor for earthly battles have been well worn. But, you don't have, you have a deficiency. You don't have an armor for spiritual battle. And that's why for the Ephesian church, 
Paul wrote to them and said, no, that's not enough. You don't just fight against the powers of, of earthly uh, uh, um, um, uh, battles. You fight against all these other powers which are controlling all those other powers. So put on the whole armor. And whole armor means that where you have a deficiency, you, you close that deficiency up by, it's like a dietary thing, right? If you're lacking in carbs, you need to, or if you're lacking in protein, you're lacking in, in fats or whatever, you need to, you need to cover it up, right? Right? You cannot be a malnourished Christian. You can't be a malnourished soldier in the army of God. So in the same way, here we are. Put on the whole armor of God. Be more spiritual. Now, some of you are saying that, Pastor, I don't think spiritual battle, spirit, being more spiritual is a problem. I know a lot of Christians who are over-spiritual and they need to get their feet on the ground. Okay, And so maybe if Paul was writing this letter to a different type of church that was too hyper-spiritual, he might tell them, wear the whole armour of God and acknowledge some of the earthly realities that you're dealing with, right? It could be. Now, it's speculative, speculative, but I want to show you, uh, I, I want to discuss uh, with you what it means, right, to be more spiritual. For God to ask us to, to go deeper and deeper into a spiritual reality, I believe what it looks like is this. Now, have you ever heard people call somebody super spiritual, hyper spiritual, over spiritual? Have you heard these expressions before? What does it mean, right? It doesn't, doesn't God ask us to be more spiritual? What does it mean to be super spiritual or over spiritual? Now, there are many definitions for it. I suppose you could come up with as many definitions as there are people accusing each other of being over spiritual, but I would, I would define it this way. So let's look at the next slide. You are over spiritual maybe when you attribute everything to spiritual factors only. I've worded it very carefully. You are overly spiritual when you attribute everything to spiritual factors only. So let's just say somebody um, um, catches some disease, right? And they're and they struggling. And the first thing you walk in is that, oh, must the spirit of, you know, um, I don't know, spirit of something, right? Spirit of disease, right? And you walk in and you didn't even check whether this person smokes, and drinks, has a family history of, of, of high blood pressure, has family history of, 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 of cardiac problems, you know, lives super unhealthy lifestyle, immediately it's like, wow, no, this is definitely a, a, a spirit of heart attack, spirit of heart attack, get out, you know? And in a situation, you might be like, okay, wait, 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 maybe there is a spirit of heart attack, okay? Maybe, just maybe there's a spirit of heart attack. But can we, can we explore some of the other factors first, right? So you're overly spiritual when you ignore all the other factors and you attribute everything to spiritual factors only. Of course, the flip side to this is that you can be overly under-spiritual. And so you walk into a situation and you totally ignore the fact that there might be a spiritual reality at work. Right? That can happen. That can happen. Okay? And you and and you can go into a into a place and say, oh, um uh seeing a family house, you know, got got, got weird things happening in the house, right? So you, you, and you say, No la, this one uh, maybe you're not getting enough uh, uh, rest, you know, maybe you're very stressed, you know, uh, maybe maybe this is a uh is a lighting thing, it's a phenomenon, is it? Like, you can become like that, right? 
and even though sometimes the evidence is so obvious, it's like, oh, I see a, I see a woman, you know, and she's got long hair, and she, she walks into my room, and she walks out. And you're like, no, you know, it, it's a, it's a hallucination. I think you need to rest more, or something, or maybe you, it's your diet, or something like that. Like it could be anything, right? We can, be, we all, we all sometimes fall on either side of being either over spiritual or under spiritual, and this is why I feel it's important to show you this that that our realities as temple of the Holy Spirit on earth is to play intersection roles. We occupy earthly space. We are flesh and blood. And we also occupy spiritual space. God is in us. There is a spiritual connection. There is an earthly connection. So Sunai Bulo Church, I want us to grow to be, to be, I don't know if balance is the right word, but to be have the full armor of God. I want us to really have the full armor of God so that we are perceptive to see both the physical reality and the spiritual one too, right? Now, I've, have you heard people say that... Um, what what the, sometimes I, I I read it before people say uh, we are spiritual we are a spirit or a spiritual being trapped inside a human body have you heard that said before right now I don't agree with that I don't agree with that okay people have said we are spiritual being that in other words is saying that the your spiritualness is the priority and you happen to be trapped inside a body and it's like you're trying to get free but your body is constraining you and, and, and making you be less spiritual. I don't think that's what the Bible teaches us. That's not the biblical picture of the human being. The biblical picture of human being is that we were given bodies and those bodies were meant to be good and those bodies are fallen. And we were created to have a spiritual component to relate spiritually with God. And that area is also fallen. And that's why we relate with spiritual darkness sometimes as well. Okay? And so we are both body and spirit together. And there is no one that is meant to have a priority over the other such that one is hampering or hindering the other. Both are fallen. Both need to be redeemed. Okay, let us not forget the second person of the Trinity. If you see the next slide, the second of the person of the Trinity took on flesh, got a human name. And you know what? Jesus taking on flesh is forever one, you know? Like, can you think about it? That the second person of the Trinity, before his incarnation as, as Yeshua, you know, in Bethlehem, before that, the second person of the Trinity had not taken flesh. He was not, he was not, the, 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 the technical word is corporeal, okay? Corpus, right? He was not corporeal. He did not have daging, right? He did not. Earthly one or resurrected one, regardless, he did not. And then in John 1.14, it says that the word became flesh, took on body form to dwell in tabernacle among us. And guess what? This flesh, went into the tomb, okay, came back alive in a resurrected version, still flesh. He ate the broad fish and, you know, after his resurrection, fish didn't fall out, okay? It contained, okay? But the resurrected body moved through spaces, moved through walls. But the resurrected body could be touched and the wounds on his hands and feet were still there. The wound on his side was still there. The marks of his crucifixion endured, which means that Jesus, the resurrected Christ, has a body. 
and the resurrected Christ goes up into heaven in ascension and in his second coming will come down in bodily form. The human body is not a bad thing. To call the body a bad thing and the spirit a good thing is to be Greek thinking. Greek thinking was that the mind is good, this body is bad. That's Greek thinking. It's a modern day form of Gnosticism. We are not Gnostics. Okay, go read Galatians if you have a if you're wondering, right? We are not Gnostics, right? Go read Ephesians as well, right? We are fully we are fully men fully flesh, and that was created by God in a good way. And the Bible does not end with all of us becoming disembodied, meaning spirit come out and all float into heaven to play spiritual harps, you know, until all eternity. That's not how the Bible ends. The Bible ends with an actual kingdom, city kingdom, coming down an embodied, a touchable, feelable, actual kingdom coming down from the heavens so that the people of God can inhabit this new Jerusalem with resurrected bodies and renewed spirits. So this is not evil. This is fallen. Our spirit is not evil. Our spirit is fallen. And we are not a a good spirit trapped inside a bad body. That's Greek thinking and Gnosticism. We are not. So what are we? Intersection heaven and earth, constantly like that. So, church, I don't want us to grow and disciple until we are imbalanced. You know how sometimes you can like like to angkat berat on your right side until, because it's your strong side, until your right arm is like, right? And then your left arm is like toothpick, right? Ayam, right? Okay? Or maybe you like to skip leg day. Now, I don't train, I don't work out, okay? But maybe you like to skip leg day, right? Friends, don't let friends skip leg day, okay? Because if you do, you will bulk up your torso, you will bulk up your chest, your arms will be like... (laughs) When, you know, when Rehoboam said, my baby finger is bigger than my father's thigh, right? It's like, yeah, my baby, my baby finger is, my, my, my arm is like, boom, right? That's, and then leg is macam, you know, chicken leg, okay, or toothpick, right? Now, you know what? The, remember just now Ephesians 6, full armor of God says that you must be able to put on the armor and stand, Right? The ending of it says that you can stand firm. Friends, if you grow your spiritual side until you're so spiritually buff, but then your feet cannot stay on the ground. In other words, you're not attached to reality. Okay? You're every day, you, 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 know, you can't fight battles. You can't hold a stance. You, when, when the realities of the world hit you, you cannot stand. You will fall. Right? And the same thing. Let's say, I don't know, like, I don't know where God people work leg day. Every day is leg day and then their upper body is really kuros. Right? I don't think God people like that. But even if you did, right? Even if you did, you know, you won't be able to fight. Okay, because your weight supports your wheel. Does that make sense? The weight on your legs supports the wielding in your hands. You want to fight spiritual battles with your hands, right? So to speak, right? It's a metaphor. If you want to fight spiritual battles by wielding a sword, wielding the sword of the spirit, but your legs cannot take it because there's no weight, you will fall. You can't do it, right? Likewise, if you have too much weight down there and no wheel, no strength to wheel at the top, it won't work. So, friends, how does it work? These 40 days, where do I want to lead all of us into? Pray, pray, pray in the Spirit and build up spiritual authority. 
build up spiritual authority through the praying. But this spiritual authority of praying is not a flighty, weird, kind of like, like detached from the world type of spiritual authority. When you pray, when you pray and get deeper into the things of God, become more immersed in the power of the Spirit in you, I want to encourage you that you will grow in spiritual authority. And I've had the privilege, I, uh, I won't ever call, say this in a braggy way, but the privilege of encountering situations where, where we as a team sometimes, sometimes by myself, I've had to deal with people manifesting in evil spirits, right? They, they start manifesting. I remember there was one time I was in the main service in Bangunan Yin Saturday service. And I walked through before service, greeting people, sitting on the chairs. And I greeted this group of, of, of women, right? A bunch of sisters. Um, I don't think they're from Malaysia, but I was just greeting them. Hello, and all that. Walked away. As soon as I walked away, one of them went like... <laughs> You know, and and I was like, oh my gosh, what's that? And like suddenly there was a commotion, right? I was like, oh my god, well, I didn't do anything to them. So I walked back there, and one of them just started manifesting, and her voice started changing, right? And and, and she was like, and she was like so angry with me, you know. Um, and and so we prayed for her, and after a while, she started to to become really physical. So so we ushered her out to the side room, you know, and continued to minister to her. Now, when we engage with the spiritual realities like that, friends, church, if there is no spiritual authority, if there is no authority to be able to say that whatever I am wielding, okay, is a powerful and has real authority to drive out demons, there is nothing we can do. And honestly, that day, we maybe went about 50%. We did not go all the way and cast that demon out completely. Maybe there, was, there were more, right? Um, but, but we were in that room and then the prayer team continued and I'm not sure what happened to her. I have seen her in church in the, um, since then looking fairly normal but guess what prior to that she also looked normal so 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 but but i know that i knew that there were people following up with her here's the thing church if you want to grow in spiritual authority build up the spiritual power and authority so for you to take into dark places and engage spiritual realities pray learn to pray the word Learn to pray the power of the Word of God because the Word became flesh. And the Word becoming flesh means that there is an is a intersection of realities of physical and spiritual worlds. Learn to pray the Word. If you don't know how to learn to, to, to pray the Word, let me show you why it's so important first, okay? Let's see the next slide and then I'll go to the following one, right? Is to see every earthly reality as having a spiritual dimension, you want to write this down. And to see every spiritual reality as having an earthly intersection. Okay, this is what it means. And this is how I would like to grow all of us in Sungai Bulo Church to be more spiritual. So in the future, if you ever hear Pastor Fergus say, be more spiritual, it means see every earthly reality as having a spiritual dimension. There is no earthly reality with no spiritual dimension. That's why sometimes people ask me, Pastor Fergus, is depression a, 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 a spiritual issue? I would say yes and no, right? Because yes, it, there, there, is a, there, there is a spiritual dimension. You cannot deny it. But no, it is not just a spiritual thing. You know, there are, there, there are things happening in terms of 
a whole bunch of things and that's not today's conversation but that's what I mean and also to see every spiritual reality as having an earthly intersection because everything that happens there okay plays out on earth through the conduits of the earth and we become bajana either for roh jihad or bajana for roh kudos right and so church this is what pastor fergus means when he says be more spiritual these 40 days immerse go ankle deep to knee deep knee deep to waist deep waist deep until to too deep right or, or almost too deep right go go to the next level next level next level don't become over spiritual grow the full armor of god amen now if you want to learn how to pray the word join us in our dominate altar because every Saturday from 9 to 10, Pastor Ramesh and I will bring you scripture and then we'll pray all those scripture. Okay? I guarantee you, I've never met another man, okay, with such a kindled spirit with me about the importance of praying the scripture. And so, and so we both, every Saturday, okay, um, will bring the Bible verse and then we'll show you how to pray the Bible verse, right? And so if you are new to prayer, I want you to come join us in our Dominate Altar and pray. And as you pray, we'll do our best to role model it. Our, pray, our, our prayer team and our leaders will role model it and then over time I, my hope is that you will grow a, a, a powerful sense of spiritual authority in you because the authority is not yours it's not stylistics it's not loudness or volume it's the authority of the word when you are praying and declaring the word of God right you're declaring his decrees over Malaysia or over a family or over a house that has hantu or whatever you are praying the word that's what it means, okay? For so so come and join us. And I really wish my, my you know what? every week at Dominate, including yesterday, we get between 20 to 30 people. Some weeks we get 31, 32, you know, thereabouts. But you know what? It's always the same 20, 30 faces. Always the same 20, 30 faces. I want to encourage Sungabulo Church, come in and pray. Please come in and pray. Not for my sake. It's not. It's not like it's a C numbers. There. Oh, ah, so good. None of that, right? No, I'm saying come in and pray because you need to learn how to pray. And if you, and you know what, I need to come in and pray. You know why? Because Fergus Ong on his own is not very, very, very good at praying at all. But Fergus Ong in a group with other people is better, better. And I believe, I suspect, it's same for you. When you are with other people, you are better. You, 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 your, your spirit rises up. There is camaraderie, and someone is leading you and helping you and then maybe just maybe somebody there is role modeling how to pray in a way that will be very helpful for you so church come in i my dream is that i will see more of your faces in dominate altar and i and, and you know what i'm more interested in the faces in the gallery view than in the number of devices at the bottom of the screen i'm more interested in your faces so really, when we come to when I when I say I want to see all of you in Dominate Altar, it's not that number, even though that number exists, and I can't help but see it sometimes. But I'm more interested in the gallery view and being able to see all of you guys in it, so that I know that we are praying together as a church family. That's my hope, to see us become more immersed, ankle knee deep, waist deep, and more. Right? Let's move on. Let's move on. First, a deeper immersion and then bring life when you are immersed in the spirit of god when you're immersed in a realistic earth and spirit intersecting way in spiritual things 
Wherever you go, you bring life to everyone around you, right? Let's look at the whole text and I'm going to show you five different things we're going to see, right? It says, on the bank of the river, okay, uh, um, um, there were trees. But look at this, right? When the waters flow into the Dead Sea, the water becomes fresh. We saw that just now and I show you all the sinkholes and the water is actually becoming fresh. But guess what? That freshness of the actual physical Dead Sea is not from the waters of the river that flows from the temple that is in Jerusalem. Okay, That's why I had to point out to you there isn't a body of water connecting the two. right? So actually, if there is no... If this is not flowing into this, but this is becoming fresh, then this is not becoming fresh in a spiritual way. Temple's waters makes it spiritually fresh. But right now it's becoming fresh. But you know what? There is the, the, the freshness of the Dead Sea today is because of chemical uh, uh, um, um, industry around it, is because of people taking out water, dumping different types of water in, and all that kind of stuff. Okay? So frankly... If you want to say that, oh, it's so exciting, the Dead Sea is coming alive because it's becoming more fresh and this is fulfilling Ezekiel 47, right? Yes, it is becoming more fresh. To say that it's a fulfillment of Ezekiel 47, I'm not so sure because I want to be faithful to the word. The waters that's flowing in is not the waters that's making it fresh. Like it's not, it's not river of life, you know, that's making it fresh. So what is this river of life? This river of life is when you, the temple of the Holy Spirit, go out and your spirit, like John 7, right? Uh, Jesus says that out of your heart will flow a river and this river is the spirit and this gives life to everyone around you back on Ezekiel 47. That's what this means. Your presence will resurrect dead things around you. When you are immersed in the spirit, your presence brings resurrection to the things around you. You can walk into spaces that are dark and you will see resurrection happening around you. You can walk into dead-end situations and you will see God cut a new road out uh, uh, from a dead end um, um, because resurrection follows resurrection, resurrected people. And res power is in every single one of us because we are Christians. We have the Holy Spirit in us. The same Spirit that gives life to the dead, dead body of Jesus, raised it to life, is also the same Spirit that is in every one of us. So church, let's look at... at, at what, does, what does Jesus say about John the Baptist? He says, go, tell John, right? Tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight. Have you all seen it? I saw it in Malam Pentecostal. I saw it, right, uh, um, in Malam Pentecostal. People whose arms could not be lifted end up lifting all the way up. I saw a boy with muscular dystrophy came in with a, in a wheelchair and father carrying him and sat on the grass. And I saw that boy get up on his feet and end up running around. And his parents were taking videos non-stop. I was like, what's with these parents taking videos non-stop of their child running? I did not know until I talked to them and found out that their child had muscular dystrophy could not walk before they walked into the stadium and that little boy was running around and i never seen a pair of parents so happy to see a child create havoc around them 
And it was so much joy because for the first time in their life, their little boy could stand and walk. The blind received their sight, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up. The poor have good news preached to them. This is what it means when the river of life, the Christian, goes out into this world and carries the presence and the power of the Spirit of God. Resurrection happens. Dead things come alive. The, the, the lake we are looking at is not the Dead Sea. Don't get caught up with the geography. The lake we're looking at is the harvest outside your house. And the river is not some river in a future hypothetical temple flowing out you know into the arabia into the araba the river is you it flows out the spirit of god flows out of you to make a difference in the world today church our theology must have relevance for today i'm super big on this don't be airy fairy and don't only live in the future whatever we read must be applicable through the gospel of jesus christ through the cross for what we see today let's move on because I want to finish up this thing quickly. We see that plants grow on every side, right? Wherever the river grows, living creatures swarm and everything flourishes wherever you go. So church, where you go, if the spirit is flowing, things will flourish. Situations will flourish, right? People will flourish around you, right? Wounds get fine healing, right? Lives get picked up again, right? And so... This, this, frankly, this lockdown has been tough because the church is in some ways locked in, right? Um, but, but don't let it hamper you too much. Keep establishing relationships through digital means. Go for it. If you are vaccinated twice and you can go out and meet someone safely, you know, um, who's also been vaccinated, if, if, if you are okay, you know, slowly start to open up as it is safe right i'm not uh, i'm not recommending anything you know you have to figure out your own limits but church what i'm saying is where you go life will flourish but you gotta be immersed if you're not immersed there's no point there is no point you go out there and there's no trickle right and it cannot even just be a trickle it must go from ankle deep to knee knee deep to waist waist deep to very very deep right then it becomes a river that blesses people and it starts indoors it doesn't start outside but it has to eventually go outside let's look at the next one wherever you go there is synergy go therefore make disciples of all nations my church come on right let's let i want to I see the next one um let's jump to go and make fishes of men right go and make fishes of men why because when we go jesus says that go okay you will be now fishers of men and then it says here in ezekiel okay that on the banks there will be fishermen you all see that one step back okay one step back okay it says fishermen will stand beside the sea okay and the whole place will be for people to spread nets and then from there we look at jesus command to us go make disciples and then what does he say on top of that he says go you know from now on you'll be i'll make you fishers of men follow me follow me right so what does it mean church wherever you go you are contributing to a multiplication of god's other workers you are one of god's workers but more will come and join in a multiplying effect of what you're doing because more fishermen will gather wherever this river goes let's look at the next one 
And on the banks of both sides of the river, there will grow all kinds of fish. And you saw later all kinds of plants as well. In other words, the harvest will be diverse and global. And we see this in Revelation. In Revelation chapter 7, you see uh, uh, um, uh, the prophecy speaks about the great multitude. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne, before the Lamb, and they were crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne. My friends, the end-time harvest will be diverse. The end-time harvest will contain representatives from every tribe and every tongue. And this is what it means for the many diverse fishes and plants to flourish wherever the Spirit goes. Let's move on. Let's move on. And right at the bottom it says their fruit will be for food, their leaves will be for healing. The outcome is nourishment and healing. Church, I want us, I say it right, I want us to be more spiritual, right? And I know some of you are very hungry because we play an icebreaker game that look at Malaysian food. And I know some of you are fasting lunch. So after this, you don't have food until dinner. Speaking for myself. And I know some of you will go and eat lunch after that. But church, for us to put on the whole armour of God means man does not live by bread alone. It means that man lives by bread, but also by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So church, I hope that today's sermon will help every single one of us to be more spiritual. But more spiritual doesn't mean that we abandon our feet being on the ground. Strong feet, strong upper body. You got weight, you got wheel. And church, I want to encourage you to start praying. If you haven't, if your 40 days so far has been really lumbap and you don't know what happened this year's 40 days, like macam don't know what, only koyak maximum, and you're, you're suffering in silence, you're like, God, I don't even want to tell you. Maybe everybody is so on, on fire and my 40 days is the only one that is, that is koyak, right? So you feel shame and you feel embarrassed, you don't want to talk about it. You know what? Today, if you are not even in the water, go ankle deep. That's all. That's all I ask. That's all Pastor Fox asks of you is go ankle deep. That's all. If you're ankle deep, just go even further. Wherever you are, just take one step further. Just one, take one step further. Don't have to benchmark yourself against the team that is fasting 40 days, 40 nights, and like no water, no food, you know, no sleep, and, and, and they are praying every, every dawn. You, know? you don't have to benchmark yourself against anybody. The Lord says, if you must benchmark yourself, benchmark yourself against who you were yesterday. That's good enough. That's good enough. So as we, as we close right now, let us call out to the Lord. And I will call upon your name, right? Keep my eyes above the waves because there's a water outside and that water is rising. And that's not a good flood. That's not a good water. But you know what? The Lord wants us to be immersed in Him. Because when those oceans rise, my soul must rest in the embrace of God. Amen. Oh, Father, we just want to thank you and exalt you and say, Lord Jesus, that you are King. And we pray, Father God, that as we deepen our walk with you, we will allow the waters of the Holy Spirit to rise over us and to rise because we know that if it crashes over us, it will be a good kind of thing. And Lord, we don't know what it means to go deep into waters and feel safe. We don't know that. 
Every water, earthly water we know, the deeper we go, the more dangerous it is. But Lord, there is a water. There is a water into which we can immerse and be submerged and be safe. And those are the waters of your Spirit. I pray, Holy Spirit, you fall upon every one of us right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you fill the atmosphere of our homes, fill our hearts, fill our minds, fill our will, fill our, our homes and our families and the loved ones and keep our feet on the ground so we don't, we don't start floating but we are anchored in realities of both spirit and flesh. And Lord, I pray that we can be powerful, so powerful when the church of Jesus Christ becomes real temples, real intersections of your power here and to be relevant in the world around us. So Jesus, come, send your spirit in a mighty way and a mighty power to fill all of us on this day. Church, I impart the power of the Holy Spirit upon you right now. In the name of Jesus, if you want to hold out your hands, do it prophetically. The Lord Jesus imparts the power of the Holy Spirit upon every single one of you. Holy Spirit, fill. Holy Spirit, come and fill and take us deeper into your prophetic work. Take us deeper into a mighty work of yours. Take us deeper into being relevant uh, to the world around us and being the light and life and a freshness. And as your church goes out, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will erode foundations of, 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 the, of the dark powers in Malaysia. Like the fresh waters erode uh, um, the, the salt ground. I pray, Father God, that the freshness of Jesus will erode the foundations of darkness over our land and it will cause all the dark, dark territories to experience sinkholes after sinkholes, Lord Jesus. And there will be a crumbling of the foundations of evilness and of evil and wickedness over our land and you will bring true freshness through the church into our land. Oh Jesus, I pray that you level the ground and bring about a new, renewed topography of the spiritual realms over Malaysia. So Father, we thank you and we praise you and we commit our hearts to you and you alone. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his countenance towards you and grant to you everlasting peace. And all of God's people, shout aloud, Amen.